Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Welcome to First DC Church. Welcome to the, to the family that we know of as, as First DC Church. We're here to worship this morning, but first let's get a few announcements out of the way. Um, wanted to let you know, first of all, that as, as you saw, the softball team did win again on Thursday. Um, they have one more regular season game this Tuesday at the Southeast Field here in town against LCBC. So if you want to come out and, and, and watch them, cheer them on, and then after that they'll, they'll let us know what the playoff schedule is after that. Then um, You'll also see a note about our coffee shop theology class on Tuesday mornings. We are going to be meeting, meet, <clears throat> excuse me, we are going to be meeting again this Tuesday, but we've been talking about trying to change the date, um, mostly because I plan on taking Tuesdays as, as my day off during the week. Um, but it turns out that we had chosen Thursday, but I think we need to talk some more about that because now there's a scheduling conflict. So we will let you know. <laughs> um, but we are, we are planning on meeting this Tuesday anyway, so come on out this Tuesday. You can be part of that discussion and we can decide when it, when it is that we're going to continue to have it. But it's going to keep going, keep going strong. Um, we just need to figure out a, a schedule for it. We do have a, an assistant that we have brought on board, and um, Ginny Long is, is taking that role, and she's taking it on for a, a trial period, see how it works, see how it goes once school starts. But I'm very thankful that she's, she's stepped up and is, is taking, that, taking that role for us. Uh, any other, any, well, of course, yes, the, the sub-sale, I'm sure, <laughs> yeah, so I'm sure Georgine's sitting over there, why would he skip that? Um, the, the missions committee and how they have a, a, a sub-sale, you should have seen a, a form, an order form in your mailbox this morning, and fill that out, order a couple of subs, and the money needs to be back, the money and the sheets need to be back by Sunday, August 7th. And she gave me a timeline for, for lots of other things that are happening as we go. But, um, so hopefully you, you love some subs, buy a couple extra, because it's helping out a good cause. Any other, any other announcements? I've got to do like a 360 here. This is cool. Any announcements? Any announcements? <laughs> What's the roof? How's the roof? Is that what was that? How's the leak? Can anybody? It's repaired. Okay, <laughs> it's repaired. Uh, it's repaired. Very good. So, uh, so hopefully you won't feel anything hitting your head this morning. We had a good hard rain, so I guess we we had a good trial, good test on it. Yep. So I guess that's how we know it, that it's not leaking. Any other announcements? Okay. Well, let's. Let's prepare our hearts for worship then and get ready for our call to worship. This morning for the call to worship, I'm actually going to ask you to kind of close your eyes because I want you to imagine and I want you to hear this. And I know we know, we know our God, we know how big he is, we know how awesome he is, but do we? we? We say it, we just sort of throw it out there. But I want you to close your eyes this morning and I want you to hear, hear the, these verses, this call to worship. It says, and now, Israel, what does your God ask of you but to fear the Lord your God, to walk in obedience to him, to love him, to serve the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul, and to observe the Lord's commands and decrees that I am giving you today for your own good. And this is the part to think about as you're, as you're pondering to the Lord your God belong the heavens, even the highest heavens, the earth and everything in it. For the Lord your God is God of gods and Lord of lords, the great God, mighty and awesome. And as you just sit there for a moment and ponder, we think about God, we think about God as our Father, someone that's very close. We think about our God as a friend, as we sing songs about him being a friend, and we know that he's always here with us. But this morning is just a reminder of just how mighty, 
and just how awesome this God is. And yet, he still cares for each and every one of us. Let's sing our praise songs this morning to worship him and to praise him and let him know just how awesome and and mighty he is to us. Well, the first two words of the song are we stand. So if you're able, uh, please stand. Never fails me And all my days 
Amen. Thank you, worship team. Well, personally, we have a, we have a praise that Vicki uh, was able to get to a doctor on Wednesday. He gave her some medicine, some new, they call it informational drug. We call it experimental drug, but it seems to be working. And uh, so we're thankful that God, when you think about all the things that go in place for years and years, how those doctors, they were, you know, they made the right decision. They made the decision to follow a calling and to get all that education. And they happened to be right there at that time to, to give her just the right diagnosis and so forth. So we're very thankful that she's recover, recovering, mostly recovered, um, still a little, a little winded every now and then, but, uh, She's, she's feeling good enough to pick on me, so I think she's, she's pretty well, pretty well, yeah, yeah, so. <laughs> do we have any other praises? Let's do praises first. Do we have any praises? Yes, Jean. Yes, yes, hi, Mike, yep. Okay. <laughs> All right, very thankful to, to see Mike here. I saw some other hands over here. I have a praise for the rain yesterday. We rain. needed badly, and it was wonderful. And I have a praise that Mike and Arvo are here. And Arvo, okay. Yeah. <laughs> and I asked Arvo, it sounded like the move went pretty well. But, uh, of course, there's still things to put away. So, I have a praise as well. I, I think that all the campers that were at Twin Pines had a great time and uh, had a, you know, a lovely time sharing their faith. Great, yep. And we're thankful that, um, I mean, I know they've been a little short-staffed, but it's, you know, they're getting by. They're getting by each week. God's providing just what they need, and so that's, we're very thankful for that as well. Uh, I'd like to, uh, that everybody uh, prays for my daughters and grandkids. They're all going down to the shore this week, and they're driving right now to go down there. I like, you know, for protection for them. Okay. Okay. Any other prayers? Prayers or praises? I got to remember. That. Look back over here. <laughs> okay. Did you have a two for one coupon today? Okay. <laughs> I'd like your prayers for my father. Uh, he's uh, suffering from dementia uh, onset, and uh, he's in a home right now, and he's uh, not aware of sometimes of what's going on. So if you could keep him in your prayers, I'd really appreciate it. Thank you. Okay, thank you. Any others? Uh, noticing that Joanne and Bill Swinehart, Swinehart are not here today, and I don't know if it's due to illness or that they had some other commitment or conflict, but uh, they both need our prayers. Okay. Okay. Well, let's, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Well, good morning, Father. Good morning, awesome God. We thank you that we, first of all, have the freedom to be able to stand here and to, and to worship you in, in comfort and in, in ease and not feel the concern of someone barging in and persecuting us for, for worshiping you. We thank you that you, you are the a loving God and watching over those congregations who, who are in areas where that's not a freedom. We ask for their protection. We ask for your, your guidance over them and, and their strength to stand in the face of persecution. Father, I thank you for all the blessings that you give us. There are so many that we just 
can't even list them all. Sometimes we don't even notice them all, but we, we do thank you, Lord, that you are providing healing for, for some. We thank you for especially Vicki and, and Mike and Arvel and the ones who, who are here who have been dealing with, dealing with some sort of medical, medical problems. We know you're the great healer, and we thank you, Lord, for, for laying your healing hand on them. We, we ask you to be with Joanne and Bill Swinehart. We don't know if that might be a medical issue. We kind of assume that it probably is. You know, Lord, and we just ask that you fill their needs, whatever the need is this morning, that you would wrap your loving arms around them and comfort them and heal them if necessary. We thank you, Lord, that you watched over our campers at Twin Pines. We thank you that they had a great time, and we thank you, Lord, for providing just what was needed. We know that they've been a little short-staffed, but we know that you're in charge, and you're making sure that things happen, that the campers still are able to go, still be closer to you, still learn more about you, and we're very thankful for that, Lord. We're thankful for the rain that we got yesterday, Lord, and we know that our lawns need it, our gardens need it, the earth needs it. And so, Father, now we look forward to when the sun comes out, how everything will just be even more brighter. Everything will be healthier. Flowers will be prettier and trees will be greener. And It's just all part of your, your creation, part of your artistic ability and your majesty. We just look forward to, to what comes from the, the blessing of rain. Father, we want to pray for all those who are traveling. We pray for Ron's daughter and, and the children as they head to the shore. Father, there's probably others who are heading out to vacation. We just pray that you'll watch over all and protect them and get them safely to where they're going and, and bring them back safely to us, Lord. And Father, we want to pray for Dave's father, we pray for all those who suffer from illnesses that affect their memory. Father, I pray that, that Dave will realize that even as, even as his father may lose his memory and at some point won't remember who Dave is, Dave always remembers who his father is. Father, I pray that you give, give strength to all those who, who deal with this and may they always remember that, that their Heavenly Father is with them and guiding them and comforting them. Father, we just, again, thank you for all your blessings. We, we thank you that we have what we need. We have more than we need. And it's all given to us from you. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Now let's continue praising him by standing and singing hymn 491.
I'll start out with a little bit of a programming announcement. Um, I know that last week I mentioned that there would be three sermons based on spiritual gifts, um, but I just want to let you know that on Tuesday, part of our coffee shop theology um, discussion was Max Licato mentioned that brevity is something that pastors should think about. So you can thank Max. You won't be getting another sermon next week on spiritual gifts. I'm going to cut it off as but with the one today. I think you're going to get the point. And um, so next week I'm going to going to start a new new series. I like to in the summer. I like to do uh, topical sermons, just sermons on themes, because I know people are coming and going. There's vacations and all like that. And then when we get back into school and people are attending pretty regularly, we'll get into some expository preaching. That's where I'll go through uh, a book of the, of the Bible, verse by verse, and we'll go through it, and that way there'll be some continuity if you're, if you're here. So, so next week we're going to start um, a new series called American Idols, and then in September we'll take a look at the book of First John. So just some things to, to look forward to. Hopefully you look forward to them. Um, but I wanted to let you know that in case you really were paying attention and heard me say that there would be three sermons on spiritual gifts. Today we'll, we will, as I said, continue to talk about spiritual gifts. Uh, last week we were in the familiar setting of 1 Corinthians. That's where people think of right away when you talk about spiritual gifts. They go to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. But today I want to take you to the book of Romans. We're going to be in Romans chapter 12, and I'm looking at verses 3 through 8. Romans chapter 12, verses 3 through 8. Somebody needs to turn down their earphone or something. I'm hearing myself. (laughs) Um, Okay, well, I can deal with it. I don't know if you can. (laughs) You'll hear it in stereo back there. So anyhow, Romans chapter 12, verses 3 through 8. He's right, Paul, in this case, is writing to another church now. He had been writing to the church in Corinth last week. This week, um, we're, he, we're reading the... I'm going to wait a second, because t- it's, it's distracting me and distracting others. <laughs> and I want to make sure that people can hear. <laughs> Okay. Okay. And is that one of the one of the headset things or Oh, okay. Okay. All right. Well, we'll go ahead. I'm sorry. So, Romans chapter 12. Paul is talking to another church now. And when we say church, don't think about a building like this. He's talking to Christians, the gathering of Christians in Rome. They're probably gathering in somebody's living room, some sort of a space where they can get many people together. But he's writing this letter to the group of Christians in Rome. And again, he's explaining how we're supposed to use our spiritual gifts, and he talks about how they're to be used to benefit the community. And now, community can be a body of believers. It can be just that community that is the church. And so when you hear this, think about this community, the first EC church. And we talked about that a lot last week. But I want you also to think about the community, meaning the borough of of Palmyra as well benefiting the community beyond just our own individual community. So reading from Romans chapter 12, and I'm going to read verses 3 through 5 first. He says, For by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the faith God has distributed to each of you. For just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ we, though many, form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. And notice there at the very end, let me read that last part again, verse, the last part of verse 5, and each member belongs to all the others. Now think about that in the same way that you would think about a marriage, how two people come together to form one. Because we're a body, each one of you belongs to the other. Not, not in a servant and master kind of way, but more of a husband and wife kind of way. 
And because we are the church, each one of you belongs to the others. And because our church is located in Palmyra, then our church belongs to the other members of Palmyra. Now, I know it's hard for us to think about that. It might be difficult to, to think that way because we live in a culture that, is, that really focuses on individualism. It's all, it's all about number one, right? But this passage wouldn't be so hard for them to understand, and it, and it really wouldn't be so hard today even for someone like in Zambia. When we went over and, and visited um, Jason when he was over in Zambia, and you saw that culture where, where community came before individual. Everything you did was for the good of the community, good of the, good of the tribe, if, if you will, but definitely good, good of the community. They were very much more community-minded. And so they would, they would get this much, much quicker than us, the idea that if I'm a foot, it's okay because the community needs a foot, the body needs a foot. And something else that we see here in these verses is that, once again, Paul reminds us that every one of us has a different role in the church. Now, of course, some of those roles are much more important than the others, right? I mean, preaching has to be considered pretty important, doesn't it? Right? It's certainly more important than just the person that's greeting at the door, right? Okay. Want to make sure you were paying attention last week. No. No, no, no. That's not what Paul is saying, right? Remember up in verse 3, he said, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought. And he didn't he didn't say a disclaimer here that this didn't, uh, this didn't apply to pastors or, you know, there were certain missionaries that this doesn't, no, this is for everybody. Do not think of yourself more highly than you ought. We know that there is nobody here who is indispensable. You can always get another preacher, right? You can always find more teachers. We can come up with more greeters and, and more cleaners if we had to. Now, it would be difficult, but, but we could do it if we had to. Don't think of yourself more highly than you ought. But listen, don't think of yourself more lowly than you ought either. It would be difficult to find more teachers, to find more greeters, more cleaners, and certainly it would be hard to find ones that are as good as what we have. Amen. But, this, but the point is this here. There is nobody here that is any more important or any less important than anybody else. The body is what's important. The body needs a preacher. It needs teachers, need greeters. We need cleaners. It's important to have everyone working together for the success of the body. And that's what we talked about last week. For every one of you was given a gift by the Holy Spirit. And it was given to you intentionally because of your purpose and function as a part of this body known as First EC. That's what we talked about last week. So think about how that gift was given to you intentionally for how it's to be used here. God has a plan. But then also think about how as you fulfill, as he fulfills his plan for you here within First EC, it allows him to fulfill his purpose and function for this body known as First EC within the community of Palmyra. He's got a plan for you. He's got a plan for you. I feel like Oprah. For you and for you and for you. He's got a plan for every one of you. But the idea is that plan then comes together and he has a plan for the church. But you're a very important part of that. So he's able to fulfill his purpose for you and then also fulfill the purpose of the church as well. Now let's keep going forward and, and we're going to read verses 6 through 8. And when we do this, you're going to see that Paul lists some spiritual gifts again, some members of the body that, that are important. And you'll notice that he seems to bounce back and forth between gifts that get a lot of attention and gifts that sometimes just stay in the background. Starting in, in verse 6, Romans 12, verse 6. We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. Now I'm going to stop there for just a minute and I'm going to share a little bit of Greek with you. I had, I had the opportunity, I had some fun this morning in the Sunday school class. I had some homework was given to me by Vicki last Sunday. Um, she said in Sunday school class they talked about something that they needed to, to they challenged it a little bit and, and uh, so I was able to go back and pull up some Greek. I love digging into this stuff. 
But I just want to share some Greek with you here this morning. Paul says we have different gifts, and he says they differ according to the grace given us. There are different kinds of grace that God intends to transmit through us to other people. And that's what makes our gifts differ. And you can see it even more clearly when you look at the Greek. The Greek word for gifts is a word called charismata. That's where we get the word charismatic. Charismata is gifts. And the Greek word for grace is charon, from the root word charis. So charismata and charis, you can hear how the words are related. A gift, charisma, is an expression of grace, charis. That's why we can't boast, and that's why we're not supposed to be disappointed by the gifts that we're given. Our gift isn't meant for us. Remember that. It's not to be used on us. Our gift is to be used on someone else. And to further that thought that we had last week, the idea is that this gift is how God's grace is going to be extended to somebody else through you. And we talked about how you were going to be used how that gift is going to be used, but now the idea is that he is extending grace to someone else through that gift that he has given you. Let's continue reading. Finish verse 6 here. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it is serving, then serve. If it is teaching, then teach. If it is to encourage, then give encouragement. If it is giving, then give generously. If it is to lead, do it diligently. If it is to show mercy, do it cheerfully. So back last week in 1 Corinthians, we got a list of spiritual gifts that included things like wisdom and discernment, healing, miraculous powers, prophecy, speaking in tongues, interpreting tongues. They were some, some big-ticket gifts, right, that have resulted in a lot of controversy over the, over the centuries But today in Romans, we get a new list. Now, we did see prophesy again, but it's followed up by some other gifts that we didn't hear last week. Serving, teaching, encouraging, giving, and mercy. And we see Paul telling them to to be happy with the gift they've received. He says, if if it's this, then do it. Then do it cheerfully, do it diligently, etc. And you see these gifts... And you realize that these are not gifts that many people might brag about, right? Like, not like last week when they talked about those ones that, that the church was going around and talking about, well, I got the gift of prophecy and so forth. You might call these some humble gifts, but they are definitely no less important than the ones we talked about last week. Paul made it very clear last week to the church in Corinth and now this week to the church in Rome that their gift serves a wonderful purpose And it's absolutely critical for that church body. And likewise, I want to make it very clear to everybody in this church that your gift also serves a wonderful purpose and is absolutely critical for this church body as well. I want to review this list and I want to show some examples from the Bible of people who use these gifts for the glory of God. Let's start with serving. He talks about serving. Verse 7 says, If your gift is serving, then serve. What does serving mean? Well, I'm going to give you the textbook definition of each of these gifts. And each one starts off with this clause that I'm not going to repeat every time. But you know, it says, the special ability that God gives to certain members of the body of Christ. So just assume that. We know that. These are, when we talk about these spiritual gifts, they're given by God to certain individuals. And then the serving is to identify the unmet needs involved in a task and to make use of available resources to get the job done. These are the go-getters, the ones that jump in, see something needs to be done, and they do what needs to be done to take care of it. But I want to share an example from in, in the Bible, in Galatians 6. Galatians 6, verses 2 to 5, we read where Paul is telling these people to carry each other's burdens, and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. If anyone thinks they are something when they are not, they deceive themselves. Each one should test their own actions. Then they can take pride in themselves alone without comparing themselves to someone else. For each one should carry their own load. 
Nevertheless, the one who receives instruction in the word should share all good things with their instructor. Now again, it said to carry each other's burdens. That's how the verses start in verse 2. Carry each other's burdens. But then in verse 5, it ends with each one should carry their own load. Maybe that sounds a little confusing, but it's not. It's two different words. Carry your own burdens. Help someone else, or help someone carry their burdens. Carry your own load. It's kind of a, a military term. You had a backpack. You had a load that was, that was what load was referring to. Each one of us has responsibilities that we have on our own. Those are our load. But when something gets added to that, something more gets piled on, that's a burden. And that's where we need to share the, those burdens. Carry our own load, but share each other's burdens. Don't make your load somebody else's burdens. Share, just carry your own load. Share, share someone else's burdens. And verse 10 then says, therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people. It doesn't just say, let us do good to other ESers, or let us do good to Christians, or let us do good to Americans. You know, you could, you could fill anything you want in there. Let us do good to all people, especially to those who belong to the family of believers. He does put a clause in there. We definitely want to take care of each other. But we want to do good to all people. Now, some of you are going to find that your spiritual gift is service, or maybe you already identified that. You're going to be the ones that we can depend on to jump in, get the job done, whatever that job is, if it's something here. But you're also going to be the person that jumps in and helps out when something needs to be done in the community as well, out there in Palmyra, helping them, representing us, representing First D.C., Representing Christ, you're out there just helping, doing the job, following God's directive. The next gift on our Romans list is teaching. The ability to communicate information relevant to the health and ministry of the body and its members in such a way that others will learn. That's the textbook definition. I would say Paul himself is an example for this gift. And in Acts 20... He tells the Ephesian leaders in verses 20 through 21, You know that I have not hesitated to preach anything that would be helpful to you, but have taught you publicly and from house to house. I have declared to both Jews and Greeks that they must turn to God in repentance and have faith in our Lord Jesus. It sounds like Paul was a door-to-door teacher um, I can't imagine how that would work today, but it you know, might be something that's worth, worth considering. He was sharing his knowledge that helped others learn more about God. And some of you are going to find that you have teaching, or you'll be confirmed, affirmed, that you do have teaching as your spiritual gift. And you may not even be a teacher currently, and if not, then we're going to ask you to consider using your gift And quite honestly, there may be some current teachers that are going to find that they don't have the gift of teaching, but we'll probably find that they had the gift of help, of serving, that they saw a need, jumped in, and helped get the job done. And that's okay. That doesn't necessarily mean that you're not doing a good job. It just means that you have to work a lot harder to get it done. And when I thought about that, I thought about the difference between a duck and a dog, and this isn't a joke, but you think about a duck and a dog. They can both get across the pond, but the dog is going to have to be paddling real hard with all four, all four legs under the water just to keep his head up. If you look at him, he's got his head above water. He's doing okay, but he's working super hard just to get across there. Where the duck, this is his home territory kind of thing. You know, This is what he's comfortable with. He can just, just kind of paddle his legs a little bit and just get across the pond very easily, go past the duck and just kind of, or past the dog. And, and if he needs to, if, if the dog starts to gain on him, the duck can just flap his, flap his wings and just fly to the other side of the pond, right? The duck is gifted, has what it needs to get to the other side efficiently. Do, a dog's going to get there, but he's going to work a lot harder at it. We want to make, make sure that we have more ducks than dogs as our teachers, don't take that too far. Just, just use, the, use the analogy that I, that I just gave you. 
The next gift is encouragement. And this is one that people don't think about too often. It's sometimes referred to as the gift of exhortation. This gift is the special ability to minister words of comfort, consolation, encouragement, and counsel to others in such a way that they feel helped and healed. I know for a fact that we have a lot of people in this congregation who have already displayed this gift. But I wonder if they realize that their encouragement and their comfort is a spiritual gift. It probably just comes so naturally for them. These people are going to be our support group, right? They're the ones who are going to keep encouraging those members who have some of those other frontline types of gifts. This is definitely a gift that stays below the radar a lot of times. It, it certainly doesn't get a lot of attention, but it is absolutely critical to the health of the body. Our biblical example comes from Acts 14. Acts 14, verse 36, tells us, Sometime later, Paul said to Barnabas, Let us go back and visit the believers in all the towns where we preach the word of the Lord and see how they are doing. Now, the reason I pulled this out was because of Barnabas. Why did they call him Barnabas? Did you, did you know that, that Barnabas' real name was Joseph? His real name was, was Joseph. Um, the rest of the verse tells us why. Barnabas, excuse me, I, Barnabas, the word itself means son of encouragement. It's a nickname for him. He wasn't born with that, with that name. His name was Joseph. And so he, he's now being called Barnabas just because of his, the, the, the encouragement that he's been giving to other people. It's like knowing a girl whose real name is Alice, who is always so much fun to be around that you decide to call her Sunny or something like that. You know, she has, there might be other girls who have been named Sunny at birth, but she earned this as a, as a nickname. It's kind of because of her disposition. It was the same with Barnabas. There were definitely other men who were born with the name Barnabas, but this Barnabas earned the name because he was so encouraging to everyone else. And I'm sure that we have some, some Barnabases here too, people who give a word of comfort, people who console someone whose ministry is struggling, people who give a word of encouragement at just the right time. These are the people who will give encouragement not just to us, but the people who are struggling in Palmyra. These are the people who visit people at Interfaith Manor, who talk with someone on the phone and give them a word of encouragement, speak to someone who's not necessarily a, a member of the church, helping someone down the street who's struggling with a, a pregnancy decision, for instance, something like that. Just someone within the community, the larger community, who needs some help or who just wants to vent, you know, lending an ear and then providing counsel if it's appropriate. And the next gift mentioned is giving. And nobody, I don't think anybody ever thinks about this one as a spiritual gift. This gift is the special ability to contribute material resources to the work of the Lord liberally and cheerfully above and beyond the tithes and offerings expected of all believers. Oh boy. Right now, Somebody's saying to themselves, please don't give me that gift. Well, I can put your mind at ease. If you're thinking that way, you don't have that gift. But maybe, hopefully, there's at least one of you sitting out there who's thinking to themselves right now, wow, I, I like to give. I didn't realize that was a, a spiritual gift. Yes, it's a way that the Holy Spirit can use you to minister to others. While I'm here in Acts 4, I want to... Um, I want to finish a story here about Barnabas. We'll talk about him again. And, and we'll see what these were doing, these, these people who had the gift of giving. Now, all the believers were one in heart and mind. No one claimed that any of their possessions was their own, but they shared everything they had. With great power, the apostles continued to testify to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus and God's grace was so powerfully at work in them all that there were no needy persons among them. 
Think about that. The fact that the church was so busy in taking care of each other and recognizing that what I have isn't mine, I want to make sure, again, the idea that the community is more important than the individual. They helped each other so much that there was no one who was needy. For from time to time, those who owned land or houses sold them, brought the money from the sales, and put it at the apostles' feet, and it was distributed to anyone who had need. That's people who recognize a need, who recognize that what they have is not their own. It's God's. We're stewards, and they just did what they needed to do to help the the community. They were recognizing that nothing they had was actually their own. They were giving things up for the well-being of others. And remember what Paul says back in Romans. If, if your gift is giving, he says, well, then give. But he added another word. If your gift is giving, then give generously. Now, considering the fact that it's the Holy Spirit that's giving you this gift of giving, how can you do anything but give generously? And the next gift also has an adverb included. It was lead, and it said, if it is to lead, do it diligently. And the gift of leadership, and this is kind of a wordy one, says to set goals in accordance with God's purpose for the future and to communicate these goals to others in such a way that they will voluntarily and harmoniously work together to accomplish those goals for the glory of God. The point is, people do things for a manager because they have to. A boss tells you to do something, you do it. People do things for a boss or a manager because they have to, but people do things for a leader because they want to. They're on board with the vision. They're they're anxious to volunteer. They're anxious to work with others to set goals and to see them through to completion. These kind of people would be our council members, right? And if they're not already on the council, we need to get them on the council. But if you have this gift of leadership, just remember that you're supposed to lead diligently. That means more than just filling a chair around the table and just showing up for a meeting. It means more than just being a yes man. You have a gift. God is using you. God puts ideas in your head. Share them with the group. And the last gift mentioned is the gift of mercy. And he says again, another adverb, if it is to show mercy then do it cheerfully. Many people will show mercy because they think they're supposed to. They'll do it grudgingly. <laughs> They'll do it, eh, okay. He's, Paul says if your gift is mercy, show mercy and do it cheerfully. This gift is the special ability to feel genuine empathy and compassion for individuals, Christians and non-Christians, who suffer distressing physical, mental, or emotional problems, and to translate that compassion into cheerfully done deeds which reflect Christ's love and alleviate their suffering. Okay, I know that's a long definition. And it's a lot of words basically to just say that a person with the gift of mercy has compassion for people in need, and they want to cheerfully do things to help fulfill those needs. As we find those people, I want those people to help me develop a special needs ministry, for instance. That's one of my goals. One of my first goals is to develop a special needs ministry here. For the last three years, I've helped out at this personal care home for adults with intellectual developmental disabilities. And if you were here my first Sunday, you got to meet them. They were back there in the back pew. They came here to give me support. They knew it was my first Sunday, and they came here to support me. And when I left, I promised them that I would be returning with a group of people. I didn't know how big the group would be. I don't know how, group the, how big the group will be. But I promised them that I was going to return to them and spend some time with them. I was going to return with a group of people who would enjoy spending some time with them. That's all they want. Somebody used to call me. I would get calls, especially at Christmas time. What's the resident's greatest need? I said, just visitation. They just love being around other people. They just love the, the, the interaction. You don't have to go buy them. They love to get gift cards too. But, but you don't have to buy them things. They just want to be with other people. And that is one of the greatest 
just one of the greatest joys they have. When, when a group of people would come or when a, a person would come to visit them, you should see the smiles on their faces. They just get so excited. And so not just for their benefit, but for the benefit of this, of this community and this community, I would like to get a special needs ministry started. Now, I haven't written anything out. I don't know what that means, but I want to minister. I think, it's a, I think it is a ministry that needs to be, to be dealt with. And if, if, you're, if you have this gift of mercy, or even if you're just feeling a tug at your heart as I'm talking about this, well, you're the one I want to talk to because I really want to get this, get this started. If you have a heart for them, and I don't call them disabled. I, I do when I use the title there. But if I catch myself, I like to call them differently abled. Because I will tell you what, if you want to go to a trivia night, I will challenge any four, I'll challenge six or eight of you. I'll take two guys, there's two guys from the, from the residence that if I just have them on my team, I'm feeling pretty confident that I'm going to win. Because they know so many facts, so many so much information, so many things about the one would be all about natural disasters and when they happened, and the other guy would just, he's, he's more about all of National Geographic and Disney and every, I mean, he'll have titles, he'll have, he just, they know a lot. They've got, they are able to do things differently than we are. They are able to do some things that we can't do, and yet we as abled haven't learned how to accept them and, and, and work them into our lives just yet. That's why I call them differently able. It's not like they can't do things. They're not completely disabled. They just have different ways of doing things, and they have a few different talents that you don't have. So if you have a heart for them, and like I said, if you're feeling a tug at your heart, just uh, talk to me. I'd, I'd like to get this started very soon. I'm going to go back and visit, and um, if I don't have anybody along with me, fine the first time, but hopefully as I go back, they'll start to see some new faces and get to, get to know some of you that are interested in, in helping out in this way. The biblical example of a person with the gift of mercy is the Good Samaritan. Now, that title in itself is meant to be, I guess, an oxymoron, because as far as the Jews were concerned, there was no good Samaritan. They hated the Samaritans. The Samaritans hated the Jews. But that whole thing didn't keep a Samaritan from helping a Jew when he needed the help. He had this gift of mercy. He saw that there was a need, that someone had a need, and he helped them cheerfully. It's also the person that Jesus is talking about in Matthew, Matthew chapter 25, when he himself says, For I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me in. I needed clothes, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you looked after me. I was in prison, and you came to visit me. Truly I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. That's the person who has this gift of mercy. So today's scripture text just reinforces what we heard last week. It presents it a little bit differently, but it also expands the thought beyond just first he see, but how we can get it out into the community. The message is still the same, though. There are a variety of gifts. Your gift is unique because you are unique. You were given spiritual gifts that are specific to the purpose that God has for you. You need to use your gifts. Paul says, if your gift is giving, then give generously. If your gift is to lead, lead diligently. If your gift is mercy, show mercy cheerfully. Just be thankful that God has a plan and a purpose for you and that you're a critical part of it. He has a plan for this church, and you're a critical part of it. He has a plan for Palmyra, and this church should be a critical part of it. He's going to use you and your gift to minister to this broken world in some way. And for me, that's an exciting thought. To know that in a couple of months after you've discovered your gifts, or I'll say maybe uh, confirmed your gifts, because I know you went through this several years ago, but if we can go through these assessments, these spiritual gift assessments, once you've discovered your gift or confirmed your gifts and match people to their ministries, 
then this church will be functioning, or maybe just, I could say, continue functioning as a well-oiled watch. And I can't wait for that. So I look forward to it. I hope that, uh, that you'll, again, talk to me about helping you discover your spiritual gifts. We want to know how God wants to use us, right? I mean, all of us can do a job, but do we want to be a duck or do we want to be a dog? Let's pray. Well, Heavenly Father, I, I think we've drilled it in their heads. <laughs> we, and that's why we're not going to have another sermon about it. Father, I pray that we do understand now how these gifts that you give us can be used and are used, how you want to use them and want to use them in, a, in an exciting way to, to, to continue to bring life to this church and, and to have this church be a a part of bringing life to this community of Palmyra. Father, I just pray that you guide us, that you're in control as we go through this process of discovering gifts or, or confirming gifts. But Lord, I just pray that, that once we know what we've been given, that we would follow Paul's urging and, and to, do, to use that gift and to use it cheerfully, diligently, etc., Father, thank you just for loving us enough to want to use us. It excites us to know that that you want us to be a part of your plan. We love you, Lord, and we thank you for making making us a part of that plan. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, let's stand and sing our final hymn.
And so as you leave this place, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you and give you his peace. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.